Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to the Dope Black Woman podcast, the podcast where we share stories of black excellence as part of our safe digital sisterhood. I'm Leanne Levos. I'm Rashan. You can call me Shan. I'm Livs. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Dope Black Women. We are with a special co-host. Unfortunately, our girl Roshan can't be here. So we are joined by Coco, who is a DJ, student nurse, owns her own lingerie brand, and is a social activist. Welcome, Coco. Thanks for being here. Hi guys. Thank hey. you. So do you want to start by telling us a bit more about yourself and what makes you a dope black woman? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. So basically, um, when I was 18, I started a lingerie brand called Korean Sky Intimates. And um, that's basically how I got my start. It proved to be, you know, quite successful because the, at that point, there was no um, brand that showed lingerie for black women. And... I always used to think, like, when you look at um, Victoria's Secrets, like, there's, they weren't marketing themselves to black women. And I, used to, I always used to think, like, does that mean that black women don't wear lingerie? So I started my own brand, and I saw, like, a lot of girls who were my age at the time, like, 18 to 21, like, gravitate towards it because I've always felt, like, when it comes to, like, black femininity and black womanhood, the way that our bodies are, it's kind of like over-sexualized. And I remember feeling that way because when I started my, I wanted to do an app for the website basically. Mm. And there was a Victoria's Secrets app at the time. When I tried to do my app, I was told that my app was too, there was too much nudity. However, there was nothing different from what I was posting compared to what Victoria's Secrets were posting. And even today, mm. like if you, you know, if you post something, like that on TikTok, for example, if you're a black woman, your stuff will get taken down straight away. However, that similar content will be shown on white women. So it's kind of like, because of the way black women are, it's where automatically seen as like lewd or crude or more hypersexualized than our white counterparts. So... That's basically what my brand is all about. Um, we I've changed the name to like date night intimates now, but the concepts are still the same. It's about like black femininity and black womanhood and not being ashamed of your body. If you see, if you go on my website, like it's full. <laughs> like people say to me, like, "Oh, how are you posting nudes on the internet?" But I don't think that there's anything wrong with my body. I don't think there's anything to be embarrassed about. I don't think there's anything sexual, even though it can be perceived as, I don't think there's anything to be embarrassed about. If white women can mm-hmm. show their bodies on Twitter and Instagram, why can't I? 
Mm. So there's that. And then also I'm a DJ. Um, I've been DJing for almost two years now. Um, I've like toured the whole of the UK. I had like some international bookings, but they all got cancelled because of Auntie Rona. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Auntie Rona. <laughs> I specialise in Afro House. Um, I'm also a student nurse at Demonfort University. I hope to become a doctor in the future. I want to do student, I want to be a nurse and then do postgraduate medicine. But, yeah. Amazing. So you're doing so many different things. I love that. Um, in terms of your lingerie brand, I mean, what you had to say about black femininity, I thought that was really, really interesting because, you know, when I think about it, not just lingerie but like clothes in general like a black woman and a white woman could be wearing the exact same outfit mm-hmm. but it's perceived completely differently and I remember a couple of years ago you know there was the whole hashtag free the nipple campaign yeah. yes that nipples shouldn't be um, censored on Instagram and it's like white women are out here literally showing the whole breast and <laughs> no one's complaining but like if black women do it it's, mm-hmm. it's perceived completely differently and even just in terms of gender as well, I think because men's nipples are never blocked out, right? But women's nipples are always blocked out, which I find really weird. That's why if you go on my website, you will see nipple. Like, I, I, I refuse to censor. <laughs> like, from a biological perspective, I don't know if I get this from, like, my medical background, but from a biological perspective, there's nothing rude about a nipple. Like, there's nothing... They're not actually sexual about. organs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's not even a sexual organ, exactly. Like, I don't even, I won't subscribe to it. If you go on my website, you will see nipples and I'm not going to bend on it. I'm not going to argue with you. You can argue with yourself. (laughs) And I just refuse to, like, go towards that whole, like, oh, nipples are something to be embarrassed of. I remember when I first started, yeah, I had that argument with my mum, but she finally came round. (laughs) I'm not going to censor my nipples to anybody because there's nothing rude about a nipple. It's not. Until people telling men to stop showing their nipples or white women to stop showing their nipples, you will see my nipples. <laughs> you will see my nipples today. People used to drag me on Twitter saying I had dark areolas. I used to get like bullied on Twitter because of that. And I was just like, What? Yes. I was like, Fuck all your life. You've never seen a black woman's nipples before. So, what did you expect? Pink. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I feel like even our nipples are up for debate and up for discussion because they don't fit Mm. like the stereotype, I guess. Yeah. So I want to talk a bit about everything that's been going on the last couple of weeks. I know that you're very vocal on social media and you use your platform, you know, quite openly to talk about Black Lives Matter movement. Um, What's it been like for you? I mean, has it been, you must be exhausted. I am like exhausted. I've had like so much like racial abuse over like the mm. past few weeks as well. I've had people like DMing me, messaging me, like ghost accounts, just sending me like racist abuse as well. But I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I feel like it's for the greater good, and that's genuinely what I think, and that's genuinely how I feel. So I'm not really going to give. Like I feel so strongly about this. So it's not something that you can persuade me out of or bully me out of. There's a few things I feel strongly about. I feel strongly about women's rights and I feel strongly about black, black rights. So you can't argue with me out of it. 
So it's been it's been a lot. Like especially with the stuff I've said, like I've seen it like reach. You know when you're talking amongst your community, you don't expect to see it like end over there. Or, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> But when it ends over there, I'm still happy to defend my opinion because there's nothing wrong with what I'm saying. I am personally fighting for equality for all. Like, it's nothing to do with white people or white people's lives or black people's. Like, it's about equality for all. Mm. Mm. And I feel like sometimes white people take the messages if it means that white lives are less important. It's like, well, not really. And I've realized also having the arguing about sexism men take it as if oh this doesn't happen to men it's like well no the the question of equality is pushing people who are down here up here and it being equal an equal playing ground for everybody I, i think what's been really interesting about like the black lives matter movement in general over the past like month or so now it is is just like the sexism always creeps out like the homophobia always creeps out like mm-hmm. the classism always creeps out like within you know the black community there are so many layers to it and it feels like there's still so much work to be done of people understanding like when we say black lives matter like all black lives matter mm-hmm. right about that because also i've had like the likes of like dr uma and it's like black lives matter except gay people trans people it's like, no, all Black Lives Matter. If you're with mm. it, you're either with it or you're not. You can't just say Black straight people's lives matter. Yeah, it's crazy to me that you can be in a situation where you, on a daily basis, feel that kind of discrimination and then still want to enact that on somebody else because you, surely you know what it feels like. So why, as a Black person, would you want someone who is from the LGBT community, community and Black as well mm to be even further separated from that or you know or further impacted by that I, yeah dr umar is is a that's a whole other so story. problematic yeah. oh my gosh i went this to see so him speak once and he was just really out here saying some i mean i didn't it wasn't to see him speak it was at an event and he was one of the speakers and right. he was out here saying some wild shit like homosexuality is the reason that young boys are being molested in the church and yeah i saw that i've had him yeah well. wild 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 stuff so um yeah he's he's a whole nother story but yeah i mean that is a, a genuine sentiment within the black community i mean i i i think do you think that there is a a justification for the level of kind of homophobia we see within the black community generally i can't think of a reason why as black people would be homophobic i don't get it yeah like homosexuality has existed within african communities for years and years and years and and decades and decades it's not a new thing like if you look into african history you will know that like homosexuality is part of our history so i don't get where this comes from like i don't understand what the misconception misunderstanding it's not anything new so i don't i don't i don't get it i fully don't understand I personally feel like a lot of it has to do with um, Christianity. Oh, definitely. Mm. And it's like what you said. So historically, when you look even prior to, even outside of African culture, but when you talk about um, evolution and just like, you know, prehistoric times, you see elements within nature, you see elements within humanity that speak to homosexuality directly. 
-hmm. So it's crazy to me that now we're in this society where people are not being accepted because of what they choose to do in their private lives. Yeah, I mean, like, this um, this kind of, I guess, you know, a simplified version is, um, you know, when Western... When Westerners came to African countries and to other parts of the world um, and brought Christianity with it, it's kind of like that those values and those norms have never really left almost. They've become Mm. so ingrained that now people don't question it. And what's ironic is it's almost become the opposite. Like a lot of people think, oh, you know, it's a Western view about homosexuality. That's not how we do it around here. And like... It's so ironic because it's like, actually, if you look in, into your history, you'll know that this wasn't something that was created on this land almost. It's mm-hmm. mad. So for you, Coco, how does that feature into your own life? I mean, coming from an African family and an African background, like what was your experience in terms of embracing your sexuality? And how do you identify generally, I guess, should be the first question. But then how was that process of kind of coming to that realization and and expressing it to your community? Um, My family is like very religious. Well, yeah, they are very religious. I was brought up in a Catholic family and also I went to a Catholic school. So having gone to a Catholic school, they don't talk about stuff like that. Like having realized, being an adult now, Catholic school is so toxic. Like it's such a toxic <laughs> life. It doesn't prepare you for real life. It literally does not prepare you for anything. If you go to Catholic school, they don't even talk about like sex at all. They don't talk about sex. The idea of even condoms is like they don't talk about that because Gosh. obviously, as a Catholic, they don't but they don't believe in um, what do you call it. They don't believe contraceptives. Yeah, so, um, they don't talk about condoms at all. They don't talk about um, sexuality because homosexuality is against religion. So having gone from a being being brought up as a Catholic, having gone to Catholic school, and also being Black African, you can imagine the level. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like homophobe central, like homophobe central. <laughs> However. I'm lucky because my mom, she's very open-minded and she literally has sent me to a Catholic school because she wanted a better education for me and they did offer a good education when it comes to math, English, you know, other stuff, science. However, the views that they try to instill on the children are completely wrong. So she mm. also counter those views that they try to instill us with just being open-minded. And I would say that she's very open-minded However, when I speak of like the other members of my family, they're not so open-minded. They're like against anything to do with homosexuality, bisexuality, anything to do with having sex. They're against it. Catholicism is all about like being ashamed. So they're against everything mm-hmm. with sex. All it has to be is you find your husband, you bring them to your, to your family, you get married, you have sex, you have kids, the end. Anything in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> not spoken about it. Like, it never happened. It never happened. <laughs> There's no place for that. <laughs> we're not doing that. So, so I mean, were you to... able to tell your mum that you were queer? Did you have to kind of sit down and, and even the phrase um, coming out, quote unquote, I feel like 
we're talking more and more about, you know, is that something that LGBT people should even have to do? Like, is it even helpful? Like, mm. should you not just be able to say one day, oh, this is my girlfriend and not, it not be like shock horror, like the actual act of having to sit down and come out to your friends and family. Like, how do you feel about that? And was it something <clears throat> you've had to do? I was speaking to Leanne earlier and I said that me personally, I've never believed in that. I've never believed that I have to announce anything to anybody. Mm. And I never have. I've never announced anything to anybody. It's always been a matter of whether or not it comes within the conversation. And even my mom, like, my mom knows what time it is. We've had conversations in the past. And I've said to her, like I, I was saying before, like, I've always said to her, oh, yeah, one day I'm going to bring your daughter-in-law. And she'll just laugh. And she'll, like... I've always said it in a comical way. However, her reaction has never been necessarily like that of a way. Why are you saying that? She's always had an open-minded kind of perspective with me saying that. And then when she went, when she went to Zoom, she went to Zoom like last year, and I must have like posted a picture of me like kissing this girl. And she, when she came back, she was like to me, "Oh, you know, like I know I make a lot of jokes." about like you having a girlfriend and if you ever decided to have a girlfriend but just know that if you ever did decide to do that I support everything that you are and I would never because of that that's really nice (laughs) I've never sat her down and be like okay guys I need everybody to know that I am gay like I've never done that because I don't see the point in it do you know what I mean I don't need to tell I don't need to tell anybody what I am or who I'm not if it's necessary to the conversation, then yes. I do understand my my friend, I went to college with one friend who was, um, she was a lesbian. And she said to me, when you come out, it makes it easier in terms of finding other gay people who would be interested in you. Mm-hmm. She thought that was the reason for it. However, me personally, I just think that you just do what you're comfortable with, you know? And mm-hmm. just pray that your family's understanding of it. I think it's good to tell your family. My family's aware. Even though whether or not they take it seriously or not take it seriously, they're aware. I've told them multiple times. So <laughs> when their daughter-in-law comes, <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> but I tried to tell you. You didn't want to listen. <laughs> they're very much aware. Like, I've said it so many times. So it's not really... I'm not really a fan of announcements. Like, Because I feel like the whole time of announcements is homophobic in itself because... You don't have to announce that you're shape. Yeah, mm. yeah, very true. Yeah. I mean, is labeling even a thing that we should be doing anymore? Because I don't know how you identify or if you choose to identify at all. Uh, but what are your thoughts on being labeled as heterosexual or homosexual or bi? Because I feel like I always view sexuality on a spectrum. So mm. I don't know how you feel about it. I agree with you. Like, I say that I'm bisexual, but it's more for other people's understanding. Mm. I don't believe in having to label yourself because I don't see what the point is. Because me, for me, I would just fall in love with whoever cheats me well and who I cheat well. Mm. It's not like I have a... I can only fall in love with a man and I can only fall in love with a woman. Like, that's not how I perceive life. I think that people are more than that. People are... Mm. People are flexible, people are fluid. Even that, even today, I was asking um, people on Twitter, like, um, do you think that not wanting to be with somebody who's transgender is transphobic? 
And then somebody mentioned, they were like, oh, you know me, I'm, I'm a lesbian. And when I told my girlfriend that I um, would want to transition, she said to me that she wouldn't be attracted to me if I transitioned into a male. It's a lesbian woman saying right. that if I transitioned into a male, her partner wouldn't find her attractive. It just shows you the whole concept of even sexuality in itself is problematic and discriminatory. Because from the point that I then decide I want to be a male, you now no longer find me attractive. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? It's a very like slippery slope that I think that the only remedy for it is conversation. Yeah, I think it's weird that we even within the community, I think there are people who still kind of hold on to these like really heteronormative ideas of mm-hmm. what femininity is or what masculinity is. I remember yeah. I was watching um I don't know if you know I got I, you might not know this, Coco, but the rest of the girls know that I watch a lot of trashy television. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, Caitlyn Jenner had like a whole series where she went yeah. on tour. Did you watch it? I watched it. So I am Kate, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. am Kate. So she went on tour with a bunch of other trans women mm. across spectrum, some were more feminine than others. But somewhere during that time, she was very adamant about wanting to date a man because she felt like only a man could make her feel feminine yes and it was a huge thing and I was like you've literally made this huge step in transitioning into becoming a woman but you're still holding on to these heteronormative ideas about your own sexuality or your own femininity I found it very interesting I fully agree I'm, with you because even like today when I was asking, I asked, um, we had a conversation earlier and I asked people like, oh, um, being, if you are a heterosexual person, would you date somebody who was bisexual? And a lot of people said no. And some people said yes. But one person said that um, that concept of refusing to date somebody who was, who was bisexual is um, biphobic. And me personally, I don't agree with that. And I was thinking to myself like, the whole concept of like sexuality in itself is just fact because at what point does it become a preference and at what point does it become a phobia you know mm-hmm. like when is it like phobic or is it a preference i know the other girls do but do you watch insecure yes. no Oh my god! No. Oh my it. god! You need to watch it. I'm so so, so good. I don't even watch it. Um, so oh my good. god! It's so good. It's worth watching. But there's this scene from um, I think it might be season one or season two. It's early on. The main character, her best friend, mm-hmm. whose name has gone out of my head. What's her name? Molly. Molly. Yeah. She um she's dating this guy and it's all going well and he's like literally perfect and then she finds out he's bisexual and her entire that. view of him changes like in a snap second. Mm. And I think it's so interesting the way we view bisexual men versus bisexual women. Um very true. That like bisexual men I'm not saying I agree with this. I'm saying this is a stereotype are like somehow more gay mm. and bisexual women are somehow like doing it for like male attention and to be fetishized Mm. have you have you found that has been reflected in your own experience and your own like conversations you have with your friends and stuff in terms of like um bisexual men i realized that a lot of people they want to date people who have like 
you know, a preference that aligns with them. And also I've realized that um, when it comes to bisexuality in terms of men, a lot of women feel like if a man is bisexual, they're somewhat feminine and they don't want to date somebody who they feel is feminine. Also, another thing that I've realized is that um, when it comes to bisexuality for men, is that women feel like they don't want to be with somebody who is using them as a gateway to whether or not they decide to be gay or to be straight. And the third reason is that um, they think that if a man is bisexual, they're having to, they can't trust them, that they can't trust them based on are they attracted to men if they go if they say they're going to go to with the guys that's a problem if they're going to go to with the girls that's a problem they feel like it, it it's just too much stress <laughs> <laughs> on who they're going to go to with so yeah it's just it's complicated but somebody was arguing with me saying that that's by forever but i feel like each situation is valid because i had seen this video of this woman who um she got some with her partner. She came out to the partner as, as a lesbian. And then the partner had said um, that, you know what, if you want to explore your bisexuality within our relationship, you're more than welcome to. So she started dating girls and having sex with girls. Once she started dating girls and having sex with girls, she found out that she was actually a lesbian. Uh. Then she ended up breaking up with the, with the man. So it's like, I do understand why somebody would say that they wouldn't want to be with a bisexual person because even within the LGBT community, lesbians, this is a common thing. Lesbians say they don't want to be with bisexual girls because bisexual, they say they reckon that bisexual girls would just leave them for a man at any point. So it's like, I do get it. Even though whether I don't understand if it's driven by phobia or it's preference, I do think that every opinion is valid to some degree. Yes, interesting. I mean, I think there are definitely, do you feel like there are often women who call themselves heterosexual, but are often just like dabbling within the bisexual community for the sake of exploring or vice versa, even women who who say that they're bisexual, but ultimately will just end up with a man? Is that, do you think that fair is legitimate? There's a, there's a whole, like, by curiosity, that's a whole other thing as well. Because mm. now I've spoken to my friends and I've asked them, they're like, you know what, I wouldn't consider myself bisexual, but I would consider myself bi-curious. So there's that in itself. Like, some people don't identify with being bisexual. They identify with being bi-curious. Like, they mm. want to explore that side of themselves, but they wouldn't com- necessarily commit with being bisexual some people are also pansexual who they're just interested in people as a whole so i don't really know it's a very like sticky situation which i don't think has a right or a wrong perspective mm-hmm. however one thing i don't like is when people make it seem as if you having a view there's only one right view and any opposing view is wrong i don't like that if you don't want to be somebody who's bisexual that's your you're allowed to have that view. If you want to be somebody who is bisexual, that's your view. I just don't, as long as it's, you're not being discriminatory or being offensive or anything else, I feel like there should be room to disagree yeah. without being labelled as anything. This is the Dope Black Women podcast. Liv, have you ever dated a man who's bisexual or have... I haven't, Mara. 
I haven't. I do know a couple of friends. It's interesting what you're saying about being bi-curious because I definitely have friends I know who would, girls I know, who, you know, they enjoy the female body because the female body is very sexy. Like, yeah. it's very, <laughs> you know, it, it is. Like, and, you know, you may enjoy, like, getting with a girl at a party or kissing a girl, but that doesn't necessarily mean um, you would want to, like, settle down with a girl or marry a girl. Um, you see yourself as more like settling down with a man but I always like I I don't know I kind of think that um is that not offensive to buy people because I think that like for a long time within the LGBT community there's been this idea that um bisexual people are like selfish or that like oh they just need to choose a side like they just need to like who are you actually attracted to like they just want they want the whole pie like I've heard that narrative before so I mean like Coco, is that offensive to you? Like, is that something that um, that still comes up? I think, like, in the first point that you made, it could be, like, seen as fetishizing, like, where mm. you just, you know, you just enjoy the feminine body with a man. Like, it's up to... At the end of the day, I feel like people... When it comes to people, we are all free to make choices and we shouldn't really judge each other on each other's preferences or each other's choices. Just as long as our choices and preferences aren't harmful... That's the mm. and they're not mm. triggering. Bear in mind, you engage in a relationship with a woman that you know is a lesbian. She ends up catching feelings for you, mm. but you have no intention of pursuing. If it was a man, would be dragging you and saying that you're manipulating that person yeah. for sexual gratification. You shouldn't cheat anybody like that. You shouldn't cheat anybody in terms of sexual gratification. However, I feel like, like I said before, conversation is the key to everything. If we spend more time talking to each other and trying to understand each other, we'll get a lot further and we won't misunderstand each other as much. But I don't think that bisexual people are selfish. I think I personally we shouldn't view gender and sexuality at all. I think we should just take each other's individuals mm. and get to know each other. I feel like yeah, gender is a social construct in itself. It's been created mm. in order to categorize people. I've never, yeah, I've never been with a guy who was anything other than straight. And, you know, it's interesting that you say about preference and, you know, where is the line between preference and, um, and phobia? And it's like, I'm not really sure because if I'm honest with myself, if I'm really honest with myself, like I would, I definitely prefer the idea of being, being straight myself to then be with a partner who's also straight and it's like does that make me homophobic like I'm not really sure like that's Mm. definitely something I thought about and yeah I'm not really sure where the line is and how much of it is just based on you know the stereotypes I've been fed subconsciously I mean what about Yulian have you been with someone who's other than straight yeah so I mean for me I think I've never dated a man who has I don't think, actually, I have. Now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so, so let me be completely honest. I have engaged uh, sexually with women before. Like, it's not something that I'm shy about. Um, and not in the context of, like, necessarily fetishizing, but definitely two consenting adults engaging in an activity together. And I believe that I dated one guy in university white guy actually who identified as didn't identify he was just uh he referred to himself as sexually ambiguous which was that I guess that's kind of what bi curious would be you know mm-hmm. um 
and yeah i don't know that it was a big deal but i i can honestly say that i don't think it was a big deal because we weren't dating seriously like it was kind of a very casual hookup situation so what he was doing outside of his um outside of our interaction wasn't didn't mean that much to me because we're, our feelings weren't invested as coco said when your feelings are invested then it's a whole different story but mm -hmm. i think for me growing up similar to what you just said i kind of i don't know if i'm so attached to the heteronormative ideas that have been embedded within me especially growing up in a very homophobic society you know i grew up in jamaica which is very homophobic and so i i um i guess in theory i'm not opposed to it but i don't know if in practice if it's something that i would struggle with because it's not something right. i've ever had to face before i mean um coco do you like what would you say is your um not so much advice or what would you want people to know about if you are dating someone that's a different um sexuality to you how you go about that like in order that you both feel safe and secure and respected like should you be having conversations with your partner or like what's the best way to go about it i think you should have conversations with your partners like one thing i was saying before was like one thing that whenever i've ever told like men that i'm like bisexual they've always said to me stuff like oh yeah does that mean that we can have a threesome like it's by bisexuality is very much fetishized like they think that if somebody says i feel like men don't even take a woman being bisexual as serious hence why they say oh yeah i'm cool with it because it's like you don't take the relationship serious you don't believe that men like two women can have a relationship without you being involved in it so <laughs> i thought yeah because why are you asking for a threesome bro <laughs> it's true though like so like, many men like, like enjoy the idea of lesbians yeah. but then don't actually support lesbians or don't yeah, support gay exactly. rights and i'm like hon <laughs> that don't add up and think that some kind of like it's for men like lesbianism bisexual it's about men that like, men try to single-handedly make everything about them they really do <laughs> i feel like someone wants to tell you that just take it for what it is it doesn't mean that i'm inviting you for a threesome at all so don't discredit I had an ex who specifically said to me, like, I don't care if you're bisexual because it's not that deep. You can even have relations with women because for me, it's not that deep. Because as long as I get to be involved, I'm calm. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? And how much mm -hmm. do you value me as a person when you're just willing to, like, share me out to everybody? Unless that's, unless you're into poly polygamy, polygamy or polyamory. Like, what are you saying? It's because you don't take it seriously. You don't think it's an actual mm. relationship. You don't think that two women can actually, you know, mm. you don't think you can be ditched for another woman. That's why you're saying that. So I feel like <laughs> people's bisexuality or queerness, take it seriously. Don't take it as some kind of, like, fetish or some kind of wild dream that you saw on Pornhub. Like, <laughs> what is it? What is it called? Lesbian, two, two women, one guy. Don't take it like that. This is real life, isn't it? <laughs> this is actual real life. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's interesting in itself. How much would you say porn has played a part? Because, you know, this idea of even what a lesbian looks like has been yeah. so filtered by porn, I think. Because yes. men watch lesbian porn to get off. Yeah. So in their mind, if porn has, like, 
twisted your mind into thinking that lesbians are is some kind of fun fun thing for you. Your perception towards women is already messed up. However, the funniest thing about porn is like men will see women having sex and they'll be like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna get off on that. But if they saw two men having sex, it's like no, it's a no from me. You know what I find interesting though is that many men are very homophobic, right? They don't like the idea, as you just said, they don't like the idea of getting off to two men having sex. Hmm. They're very willing to have un- to have for two of them to have sex with a woman. Like, how does that filter? Like, you're not gay, <laughs> but you want to have sex with another man and a girl. I, said this. I don't understand it. I fully don't understand it. But I think that personally, like when I had that conversation with guys who said they've done that before, and they said to me, like, it's based on misogyny. Like Mm -hmm. they feel like the two of them, they're degrading a woman and that's what they're getting off on. That's what I've had on multiple It's a power struggle. Yeah. I've asked so so many guys, like, why do you, because you know what it is why I always ask that question. I had a friend who um, went to prison because he was involved in, that kind of situation him and his friend had sex with a girl and then it ended up being a rape so then um she she reported the both of them and they both went to prison so whenever i meet guys i always ask them like what's your view on that kind of situation like how do you feel about that and why why do men think it's okay to for multiple men to engage in a gangbang of mm. one woman. And they've always said that what they like about it is because they feel like they've, it's, they're getting off on the fact that they're disrespecting a woman. Wow. So it's all based on misogyny. Wow. Yeah. That's what it's about. Because there's no reason why two, three, four guys would have sex with one girl. Yeah. And I always, because I've asked a group of men the same question actually. And one of them said, well, as long as I'm the first one, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, <laughs> but you, and then everybody else after you, like you, you're still in the room. You're still naked with other men. You're still engaging and watching this woman be like, as you said, degraded. But so it, it boggles my mind. Like it's actually shocking that somebody has come out and said that they get off on the idea of degrading a woman. Like yes. that's cold. I've heard it so many times. That's the, one answer I've always had whenever I have men who engage in trains, as they call them, what's the reason for it? Why do you do it? And they said that they get off on the fact that me and the, it's like a bonding experience for them. Like it's, we're (laughs) bonding over the fact that we're degrading a woman. And to be honest, within the community, there's a lot of misogynistic views. It's, I'm not surprised. Uh. If you listen to music and the way that they talk about women in music, Women aren't really, like, valued within the community. So I can understand. Not that I agree with it, obviously. I don't agree with it. I can understand why they would say that they get off on degrading women. Because it's so normalized for them. You've had that Mm. before. Yeah. And do women have a a reverse of that? Like, we don't even have a reverse term for that, right? Like, do we? Do we? (laughs) Takes before dicks. Oh yeah, chicks before <laughs> But that's it's not similar. derogatory, like yeah. in any. But you know what I mean. We're just saying friendship over men. But bros before, like you've now labeled every woman as a whole. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's different. And um, within like the um like queer community, like how do you feel like you're represented 
as as a black woman because I feel like so often still mm. when people think about LGBT when people think about queer like the image is like a white guy a white gay guy who's like yes honey like <laughs> you know what I mean? that's still the person who somehow gets to represent this very large very diverse community I mean do you mm. feel like a black as a black queer woman you see yourself represented enough I feel like sometimes you have to pick over your like your queerness or your blackness like you have to sometimes pick a side and I've seen like conversations like that which make you think like okay Am I queer? Am I black? Can I be not be both? Because there's a mm. queer struggle, there's a black struggle. But sometimes even within the queer community, I've seen like queer conservatives who they hate black people. They don't want you mm. to be even involved in the conversation. I've also seen black people who don't who hate queer people. They don't want them to be involved in the conversation. So it's kind of like, can I not be both? You know what I'm saying? It's mm. like you're all struggling for representation, even in because when it comes to any kind of group, there's always a stereotype. And if you don't fit the stereotype, it's kind of hard for your voice to be heard. Like I was disagreeing with somebody on Twitter today because I said that choosing not to be with somebody who is bisexual is not biphobic. I don't think it is. Uh. But she was saying that it was. But she said, because I was saying that, she said, oh, you can't say that. I'm a, I'm a queer woman, so I have every right to tell you this, this, and the other. And I said, but... What makes you think I'm not? Like, yeah. where, did you get your, mm. where did you get this information from? And it's kind of like, another thing, there's not also many, there's not, you know, even there's not, also, there's a lot of black queer women, but they're, they're not given a platform to speak on anything. So it's kind of like, it feels like there's not, there's none. Mm. So it's very, it's very sticky. Cause I feel like when it comes to representation, representation is part of the reason why you feel like something exists. I was watching this documentary about every everything that we see in society is because the media has represented it to us. So when you're talking about the white guy who's like, yes, yes, it's because that's all we've ever said. Like, that's all we've ever, we have yeah. because that's all we've ever seen. So we start thinking mm. that all people of a certain gender, of a certain sexuality, um, of a certain race, are a certain way, even yeah. when you have race, you know, the, the angry black woman trope, like we've seen that in movies, we've seen that in TV shows, so that's what we start thinking is normal. So I think that mm. to combat that, we need to have more conversations like this and be sure that, that when it comes to queerness, sexuality, it doesn't really have a face. It yeah. can't look like anything. This is Dope Black Chat. It's interesting because I think with everything that's been going on recently around like, um, you know, the violence that's been enacted against black women and conversations around where people are being called out on Twitter and on social media about um, committing sexual violence against women, that that narrative around or that uh, representation of highlighting or discussing violence against LGBTQ plus women or that you know women from the queer community has been somewhat absent and I'm just wondering how you feel about about what's been going on recently have you seen anything that highlights you know victimization from that community and what everything that's been going on you know like when it comes to even within the queer community like domestic violence is a real thing like yeah. even within the community it's a real thing and I you know 
I never want to be one of those people who highlights negative parts of a minority. However, it's still a conversation to be had because, like, within lesbian relationships, within queer relationships, there's abuse that goes on. And sometimes I feel because it's, like, violence from a woman to another woman, it may not necessarily get highlighted as much. And Mm. however, it does exist. And doesn't make it any better at all. And I feel like, if we make more of a stance against violence is wrong, whether it's sexual violence, physical violence, emotional violence, it, it's wrong, you know? Because if you look at that list, there weren't only men on that list. And we've had, we've had lists within our own communities, like Zimbabwean people. And it's not only yeah. men, it's, yeah, it's women as well. Yeah, because female offenders are, or female, women who are violent against their partners is not something that we talk about a lot either. Yeah, we don't talk about it. But it happens. Mm. Do you remember like in Love and Hip Hop when, um, uh, was it Erica and Sin? Oh, yes, yes, I do, yeah. Mm -hmm. And was it Sin saying that Erica beat her? Yeah, yeah. And it it completely got glossed over. Like it's glossed over. Nobody discussed it. Nobody cared because it's just two women catfighting. Like it's almost considered like part and parcel of the whole discussion yeah it's true you're right it's no domestic violence yeah very and common. i never want to be like one of those all lives matter people however i feel like certain conversations like that maybe they need to be had within the community i don't know i don't want it to overshadow like violence towards women from men however within the lgbt community it does happen like there's a lot of domestic violence that happens within yeah. same-sex couples. However, because it's man-on-man, yeah. woman-on-woman, it's kind mm-hmm. of just glossed over, like, oh, yeah, look at these women. But that's sex is in itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I don't know if you see, you guys have seen the second-to-last episode of I May Destroy You. I think Leanne and I were no, talking about this. No, I am on episode three. Um, okay, so I won't give too much of a spoiler. But don't give too much away. Keep it vague. There is a there is a scene where a man who is gay is assaulted, and he goes to the police station, and the way in which he is treated, it's so dismissive, and it's just literally like he doesn't. Even, the police officer doesn't even want to to touch or interact with the guy at all, simply because he's gay. So his victimization is even more or even less important, and. Yeah, so regardless of whether you're talking about black men, and I think it's even more true within the black queer community mm-hmm. that violence mm-hmm. against, you know, because obviously violence against black women in, in general is not paid attention to. So mm-hmm. add on top of that, somebody from the queer community, it's almost non-existent. Like people just don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I don't know, is that something you've had to deal with in terms of speaking out against it? Or is that something you've spoken, been vocal about? Coco? I've never like experienced like violence within um within a same sex relationship. However, by being bisexual, like obviously I've experienced a, like a lot of violence from men towards mm-hmm. me. So that's the only thing I can really speak about. Um however I have seen it, like I said, and it just seems like it seems like black women can't win. Do you know what I mean? Like it really feels like as a black woman, you can have people violate you and you just will never get justice and I feel like people use the oh 
who need to go to the police because they know that nothing's going to happen. So that it kind of clears their name and then you yeah. can just continue being a liar. They never believed you in the first place. They want you to go to the police so that you can validate the fact that they can now say that it was a false accusation. Because yeah. 98% of sexual violence cases go, they walk free. Yeah. Only yeah. one, I think it's like 1.4, only 1.4 get convicted. I and it's even less in the, in black, amongst black women or black people in general. Yeah, I think for every thousand assaults that take place, 995 are cleared. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. It's depressing. Right. <laughs> go to the police. Like, what do you think they're saying? Go to the police so you can clear my name, right? That's how I view yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Because so I know I can role. say I didn't do it. The police said I am not guilty, or the court said I'm not guilty. That's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. even the concept of like, um, you know, how would you prove it? Like, it's so it's such a difficult thing to prove because, you know, it's not like oh there wasn't semen or oh there wasn't this or that. Like, it could literally it you it's just that this woman or man or whoever it might be you know this happened without my consent and it's like how do you how prove do you that like how and, and that's why people get away with it because it's mm. like I don't see the factual evidence I don't see the scientific evidence I don't see but of course you don't because it was it's an emotional thing and you can't put that on paper and it's like that's why people get away with it yeah yeah Consent is such a tricky thing as well. I think people don't really have a, an understanding of what that means. Mm. Um, yeah, I think people still think it's like um, a dark man in an alleyway, a stranger that like yeah. jumps out in the night. But like, you know, studies show it's more likely to be someone you know. It's more likely mm. to be someone you trust. It's more likely to be someone you have a relationship with. Um, and I think most people don't, still don't get that. Yeah, I was just going to say, you don't have to scream no for for that to be deemed as, like, there are many ways of denying somebody. Unless you get explicit consent, coercing someone, or as Coco just said, grooming someone into saying yes is just as bad, or having sex mm-hmm. with somebody when they're inebriated, or when they're on drugs. Mm-hmm. So this whole... Um... So, you know, as we mentioned, it has been trending a lot on Twitter recently. Um, it has been trending, particularly on Black Twitter. Oh, this, yeah. um, you know, people getting called out, people coming forward with their own stories. Um, Coco, someone who is quite active on social media, you have this big following. You've also experienced violence yourself. Um, is, it, is it helpful, these conversations, like to kind of just like... Um, that people are calling people out and sharing their stories on such a public platform like is it is it doing more harm than good because I've, I've seen some posts that I think have been quite triggering to me personally mm. you know what I personally like I said I said the other day that I personally think that when people are calling out their rapists and sexual abusers it's for more about protection for other women. It's not about cancel, canceling the person. If you don't want to cancel the person, that's, that's a you problem. But at least women know that, you know, this is what's happened in the past and they can choose to whether or not take that information. They have some kind of like, they know what's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? They know like some information about how men have treated women in the past. And when it comes to certain individuals, in the first list, 
I saw people that I knew in that list. And mm. even though I didn't put them on the list, I fully believed it because I've had very similar experiences than some of the people who put them on the list. In the Zim community, there's another list going around and there's people on there that I know and that I've had similar experiences with as well. So I'm thinking for me, I think it's about safety for women. Mm-hmm. So I back it 100% because being a sex offender, women, men don't believe, like men's society in general do not believe a man being accused of a sexual offence. They don't. So I don't think it's, no one's ever been cancelled for being a sex offender. There's always people there ready to back them and support them. So it's not going to do anything to your life. It's not going to do anything to your career. Men walk away from it free. The least it could do for other women is to know that this is what this man's been accused for before. If you decide to pursue the relationship, it's at your own risk. Yeah. Mm. That's why I I think it's so... um so shocking and so upsetting you know this this idea well it's not even an idea it's a fact that you know most women if not themselves they know someone who has been raped or Or sexual assault yeah yes yeah somehow so many men don't know a rapist in their life they're like (laughs) no one they know has ever been a rapist like it's the math doesn't add up it doesn't add up it's so true (laughs) i don't understand where we're missing each other like here which just shows that we live in such a misogynistic society that men struggle with the concept. I feel like they're in spiritual bondage with their mates. That they refuse mm. to believe that their mates could be capable of... And I don't really refuse to believe it. I think that they too are capable of it. So they don't want to condemn their mates for it. Mm. Yeah, it's mm. very much about like recognizing that if my friends are capable of this, then that what makes me any different mm-hmm. given the right or the wrong set of circumstances? I was talking to one of my friends yesterday and we were talking about this, the whole thing about on Twitter and the list and everything like that and um, how surprised they were to see some of the names. And I was just like, well, do you know anybody? And he was like, no, 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 no. None of my friends would do anything like that. And I was like, but you know so many girls and we have very overlapping circles. You can't tell me that one of, if every other girl that you know is, has potentially been abused that one of your mates, like one in in three of your friends, hasn't done something that is could be considered as assault or um or rape even. Mm. It's like they don't want to believe it's possible. It's like it's this weird in between where I think so many men, it's like, oh yeah, like I can believe that you were sexually assaulted or sexually abused, but not by anyone I know, not by anyone in my yeah. circle. <laughs> You know, like within our community, yeah, this is one DJ. He got fourteen accusations, fourteen accusations of sexual sexual assault. And I know this guy, right? So I'm talking to his cousin. His cousin messaged me, and he's like, "Oh, you know, I know my cousin has his moments, but I know he wouldn't be capable of that." And I'm thinking to myself, like, "What do you carry his willy in your pocket?" Yeah, hold (laughs) it. I don't understand it. Like, I don't understand how you can. Say he's not. Ca- how do you know? Like, how do you know? Mm. And you know what's so hypocritical about that narrative is that so many men will say. I saw a tweet the other day that was just like, "May all you false accusers know no peace." And I'm just like, so why are we oh, automatically okay. assuming that you're that all of these women are lying? It's like when the whole thing about Bill Cosby came out all 50 women must have been lying about the fact that he was sexually assaulted, that he had sexually assaulted them. So you choose mm-hmm. to believe this one man 
over 50 women who are saying mm-hmm. the same thing, telling the same stories, and still somehow it's a conspiracy theory against this person. I just that's mad. Yeah. How can so many people have like what are you that everybody has it against you? That are you the FBI? That's why I don't understand. This guy said, I know he's made a few enemies, but my cousin's not like that. I'm like, what? Like, do you have his willy in your pocket? Yeah. Do you have it? And this guy in question, he is such a foul human being. Like, you know when somebody says something about somebody that you can believe? Yeah. Mm. You're like, yeah, that sounds believable. That sounds believable. They're no angel remotely, not even a little bit. However, it's funny how guys can like hear from from one of their bedrooms that all oh, that girl's a hoe. She's yeah. getting mm. everybody believes it. It must be true. But 14, 14 women come come and say that this person has sexual assault them. That's not my guy. That's not my guy. <laughs> no, it's not my guy. No, it can't be. It can't be. Can't so, be. I mean, what would what do you say? To, like to both of you, what do you think would actually make a difference? Like, where do we go from here? Because it just it feels so exhausting at this point you know we've had we've had me too we've had black lives matter we're having all these movements and yet again and again and again black women are just the bottom of the pile we're the bottom of the pile because me too was like a white feminist movement black lives matter is about black men black women don't have a movement no one seen i would have thought that black men would have been the forefront of the conversations that are being had right now but they're the ones who are the first to like suppress yeah, what yeah. we're saying yeah 100 mm. percent. but it me too even has so many white feminists they don't care about black lives matter you won't see them saying black lives matter they'll be saying all lives matter so where do we sit as black women like where do we sit mm. even like within black lives matter if you go outside of twitter if you go to like general public like most people, okay, yeah, they know George Floyd's name. But you say Breonna Taylor, they're like, who? 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 Toyin. Yeah. They, they have no clue who Toyin is. They have yeah. no clue who Breonna no. Taylor is. And these are women, like, it's ironic to me because Toyin specifically was advocating on behalf of black men. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. her, again, she goes missing and nobody cares. She's mm-hmm. now found and she's she's unfortunately passed away or she's been killed i assume um and nobody cares mm-hmm. or black men specifically don't care and it, it does feel like a very very hopeless situation and i think maybe it's just about not understanding that because people don't care we just have to continue i i genuinely don't even have an answer which is very sad to say because i i can't say that we can depend on black men to join us can't say that we can depend on white women to join us either mm. so what do you think I, w- I was saying to my friend the other day like why is it that you lot are so willing to take our voices to join your movement but when it comes to black women you've got every excuse under the book like you've got every ex- oh she's lying we need evidence we need have you ever needed evidence when it comes to a black man being like, preach, preach. You told me that you face injustice. Yeah, I'm at the, I'm in, in front saying, don't do that to my yeah. family, don't do that to my people. However, when it comes to black women, we need to, we need a business plan, 
a we case need the logo, <laughs> the logo, we need branding. Like, you know how messed up that is. Mm-mm. Why do we need to prove ourselves? We not only need to prove ourselves to white people, to white women, to white men, we also need to prove ourselves to black men. Black men don't believe black women when it comes to rape. They, they don't. don't. It's, yeah. a, it's a small percentage when it comes to sexual violence towards black women. They will not black. They won't back us. They won't. And it's so disappointing. And I don't really know, like you said before, Leanne, I don't really know like what we're supposed to do about it. It's, it's just so disappointing. And it's like, when you then decide you're going to be like a super feminist and you're like, fuck men, they just call you angry and I'm feminine and they label you as something that you're not. But it's like, you're so disappointed at the fact that black men just refused to fight for us. You remember when Joan Boyega said that we need to protect black women? Yeah. And, and you know what came after him? They retweeted. But every time when it mm. comes to protecting black women, it's like, all I see are black women around. I don't see no men around. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm. they see an attack on them. I say we just build our own community of black women and occasionally <laughs> we can let some men in Whenever we need to, and then they can go. <laughs> <laughs> black men need to be allies to our fight. It's like white people. You know how in the yeah. fight for Black Lives Matter, we have white people who are allies, but it's our fight. Black women, you know, another thing that pisses me off here is how ready as black women we are ready to cancel each other. Yes, yes. How mm-hmm. If we're nothing, do you see what they were talking about, Annie Jaya? Do you see that? Oh, no, I didn't see that. Basically, right, there's this guy called JT Ocean, a.k.a. Jesse. I heard about him. He's just a bad mind you. He's been caught offside when it comes to colorism. He's been caught outside. Somebody, refu- like, literally came out and accused him of raping her. He was caught offside again. He came out. He didn't even acknowledge anything. He just started calling the girls, the girl names and calling it everything but a child of God. Anujay had done a video with him in the past. So the people, once this guy decided to deactivate, the people decided to go for Anujay. I'm thinking, like, have you been on his YouTube channel? He's got his own YouTube channel. My problem was he's got his own YouTube channel, yet you all just decided that you're going to go pick on Anujay. Why didn't the same thing go for every single other person who'd done a video on him? It didn't go for them. We just went for Anujay. Whether or not her response was correct or not, why as us black women as a collective why are we so ready to cancel each other before we are ready to cancel black people who do us wrong like black men yeah because this guy Mm -hmm. has been on the platform he's been on the platform doing a madness saying colorist shit we all followed him i followed him everybody else followed him we didn't cancel him for saying that dark dark skin women are ugly however we're all ready to cancel annie jail because she didn't come out and say that I'm going to delete the video with Jesse and I rebuke everything that he said. Yeah, I don't agree mm-hmm. with that. I feel like we need to give each other a bit more sensitivity as black women. The same energy we have for, uh, for the people who are doing us dirty. Yeah. Just have the same energy to be a bit more sensitive towards our own. Because at the end of the day, if we're going to build an army and support each other and protect each other, how can we support each other and protect each other when we're so quick to cancel each other over stuff that doesn't even have anything to do if you're problematic problematic be problematic but why are we canceling another black woman for association when she didn't even know yeah 
And I think that's yeah. what we try to do with dope black women is literally, Shan says this all the time, we try to get women to be their multifaceted selves. Mm. Whether that's problematic, I mean, I know I've said some real toxic shit on this podcast <laughs> before. <laughs> you know, we, we try to speak honestly to let women know it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay mm. to change And it's mind. okay to learn. Yeah, yes. we have to. Otherwise, what's the point, you know? Mm. Otherwise, we're being fake. Let me be problematic and then you you call me up on my shit. Yeah. Mm. Like, and give me the enough decency to be like, you know what, sis, yeah? I think that your perspective on life is a bit dodgy. Have you considered this? Rather than be the first person to slander me and drag me up and down Twitter for the sake of you just enjoy wanting to embarrass me, call me up mm. on my shit and let, yeah. let me grow. Do you know what I mean? So that I don't spew those negative views or do negative things in the future. It shouldn't mm. be about when it comes to each other, right? When it like when it's not like rape or killing people, it's just like a you've just made an, a mistake. Give each other enough time to grow. Mm. But mm. I feel like some things that like as black women, we're so quick to judge one another. We're so quick to be jealous of one another. We're so quick to like be like, oh yeah, this girl's like this. This girl's like this. How are you having an opinion of somebody you've never even met? Like, why are you having a negative opinion of somebody you've never had a conversation with? You've never even met. They've never done anything to you. Call them up on their shit and let's be great together. Yeah. That's what I'm <laughs> yeah. yeah. If I don't grow, if I'm growing and you're not growing, there's no point. Like yeah. we have to do it together. Mm. So, I mean, Coco, I just want to end really on your final thoughts, what you would like our listeners to take away um because it is pride month it's coming to an end but it is still pride month um and black pride in particular is coming up in the next couple of weeks of course there won't be any events because miss rona is still in town but (laughs) but you know um considering that it is pride and that black lives matter movement is kind of at the forefront of loads of our minds at the same time um as a black queer woman it's like what would be your final thoughts that you want our audience to take away from this time? Me personally, I feel like, you know, when it comes to the LGBTQ community, I feel like we should just do our research and understand that Black people is always have always been at the forefront of the fight. And if you can lend yourself as an ally to the Black Lives Matter movement, please do. And also when it comes to like queer black people and black people shouldn't have to separate. You shouldn't have to be more queer than you are black or more black than you are queer. It's we're all one people at the end of the day. And we're mutually exclusive. We shouldn't have to choose that my queerness is more important than my blackness. My blackness is more important Mm -hmm. than my queerness. So I just I've like, said this before, it's not the oppression Olympics, people. No, it's not. It's not the oppression Olympics. It's not. If you can relate, if you've ever been a person who's like false, like there's an injustice going on in the world, when an injustice is going on, you should be at the forefront of it. That kind of empathy should be, you should be evoked by that kind of empathy and you should just fight for people who don't feel like they have a voice. Whether it's queer people, disabled people, Black people, you should understand and you should be empathetic. That's all I've ever felt. And yeah, it's not, I, I feel like this whole narrative of like making black people choose whether they're queer or they're black is just, is bullshit. Like 
allowed that and <laughs> like we're all um, black at the end of the day and we should just have a lot of a little bit more empathy for one another so when it comes to like trans people being killed when it comes to gay people being gay gay black people being killed and trans black people being killed we should have just enough empathy for them as everybody else mm. it's mm. not the impression oppression of olympics let's just all our lives matter as black people it's important and we should all be willing to fight for every single black life that there is so i don't know if you guys listened to the message that we posted earlier this week but just to let you know we are moving to a a new feed or we have moved to a new feed um so everywhere you get your podcast from spotify apple wherever just search for dope black woman and you'll find us you'll find all of our old episodes as well as our new ones upcoming including this one so please check it out thanks so much for listening to this one guys and don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get them from so on twitter and instagram we are dope black woman one and on facebook we're dope black woman we'll be back with you next week until then stay blessed and unapologetically black all the way black Blackity black. Black plastic. Hey! <laughs> Blackity black. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> 